In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Well, I don't think any news story ever affected me as an adult, like the news coverage that followed the West Nickel Mines, Pennsylvania school shooting in 2006. You might remember that terrible story when a gunman named Charles Roberts took hostages at a one-room Amish schoolhouse. He eventually murdered five children and killed himself. And in that story, it's hard to imagine anything more evil in this world than what that man did on that day. Right, but what surprised a lot of people and the coverage that followed gained a lot of attention because the Amish community did not necessarily respond the way in which a lot of people expected. And so of their response, one summary notes that on the day of the shooting, a grandfather of one of the murdered Amish girls was heard warning some young relatives not to hate the killer, saying, we must not think evil of this man. Another Amish father noted he had a mother, this the shooter had a mother and a wife and a soul, and now he's standing before a just God. A member of a brethren community living near the Amish in Lancaster County explained, I don't think there's anybody here that wants to do anything but forgive and reach out to those who have suffered loss. Of the shooter's family, a spokesman said that an Amish neighbor comforted the Roberts family hours after the shooting and extended forgiveness to them. Amish community members visited and comforted Robert's widow and parents and in-laws. One Amish man held Robert's sobbing father in his arms, reportedly for as long as an hour to comfort him. The Amish had set up charitable funds in their community to support the family of the shooter. And about 30 members of the Amish community attended Robert's funeral. And Marie Roberts, the widow of the killer, was one of the few outsiders invited to the funeral of one of the victims. And so the response from the Amish community became a gracious picture of our gospel this morning. Christ tells us to be merciful. He tells us, quite plainly, to love our enemies. He tells us to forgive. And he says that when you do show mercy to others, you will be children of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and to the wicked. So be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Christ is saying that when we forgive, we are acting in the same way that God acts to us. Being merciful is the way Christians get to share God's love for the world. To forgive is to participate in what God is doing for the salvation of this broken world. And so there's, no, there's just simply no question that if you read the Bible, if you study the Gospels, forgiveness is central to who God is, to who Christ is. But first, I think we have to come up with a definition of forgiveness. It's a difficult word to define. And we often use it in a kind of I know it when I see it way. Because first, we cannot forgive exactly as God does. Right? God can remove the eternal consequences of what we have done against him and against others. And so some people tend to think that forgiveness is the same as forgetting. But if this were the case, then none of us could ever really forgive. Right? You can't really forget some important wrong that has been done to you. So as mortals, I think the best definition of forgiveness that we can come up with is something like this. Right? Forgiveness is the move from the broken results of sinfulness to a new creation through reconciliation. In other words, it's when one party who has been hurt by another 
begins to imagine ways in which the two parties can come together. It does not deny that someone has been hurt. It doesn't necessarily forget. It does not dismiss the pain of what's happened. Right? And this isn't a perfect definition, but I think it's an important one. Because when Christ tells us to forgive, he does not mean that all the consequences of our sinful brokenness will be healed right away. If you have been deeply hurt by a parent, a spouse, a neighbor, a friend, the words, I forgive you, will not immediately fix the relationship. Instead, forgiveness opens the door to the possibility that the relationship will be reimagined. It imagines that the defining characteristic of the relationship is no longer that brokenness that stands between you and the person who has done wrong to you. This definition of forgiveness also implies that the party who has harmed you has stopped their harm and is open to receiving your forgiveness. You cannot make a move toward fixing the brokenness and reimagining a relationship if a person has no desire to stop harming you. So that's especially important for spouses and for children who are currently suffering abuse. In those circumstances, forgiveness is not a weapon that allows that person to continue harming others. Rather, as Christians, forgiveness imagines new possibilities. It breaks through the world of this for that. The way of the world is that there should always be revenge or repayment. You hurt me, so I get to hurt you. But what we will find is that if we live our lives this way, we'll live in a constant state of getting back at others. And so instead, as Christians, we say that forgiveness allows us to reimagine what the world could be apart from this for that logic. Right? If we look at the story of Joseph, we'll see this. Joseph, as a young man, was abused by his brothers and then sold off to be a slave in Egypt. As Joseph matures in Egypt and, in Egypt and he receives God's care, he's able to forgive his brothers when they come back to him. Except this time, Joseph has all the power. It would have been easy for Joseph to say to his brothers, you made me a slave, now I get to make you a slave. Or you hurt me, now I get to hurt you. But he doesn't. He forgives. And in forgiving his brothers, Joseph is able to reimagine what his hardship was really all about. He now sees that God was with him the whole time. He sees that God was using him to save the people of Israel during a famine. This understanding and this salvation of God's people would have not been possible if Joseph had simply said, you hurt me, so I hurt you. Forgiveness is about taking what is broken and about turning it around to be something new. Joseph takes his relationship with his brothers and turns it around to be something good for this world. Forgiveness always looks to a bigger picture. God's forgiveness of us, for instance, is about looking at a bigger picture of who God is making us to be. When God forgives us, he is recreating us and reimagining us as new creatures. When God forgives us, he recreates us from broken, dead sinners into his children. In our reading from 1 Corinthians, Paul makes the point that we no longer belong to the old Adam, we belong to the new Adam, Jesus Christ. Because God has forgiven us, our identity is no longer as the sinful descendant of Adam, but as the righteous heir of Christ. Paul then goes on to say that this transformation will be complete when we're resurrected from the dead. 
In other words, God not only forgives us in our brokenness, God is going to reverse the consequences of our brokenness. He is going to take death, separation, pain, loneliness, and illness that was introduced into this world through our sin, and he's going to make it all new. And that's the power of God's forgiveness. He brings goodness out of what is broken. And when we forgive in our lives, we're sharing in that very act of recreation. For this reason, forgiveness is the most powerful characteristic of the Christian life. Right, the Amish and West Nickel Mines took the pain of their tragedy, and with God's grace, they recreated a relationship in which they got to minister to Robert's family. And in doing so, they became witnesses to not only that family, but they became witnesses to the world of what is possible through Christ. And so this is why Christ is so adamant in the Gospels that his disciples have to be ones who forgive. When Christ's disciples forgive, they share in the recreation of the world. New opportunities, new possibilities lie ahead of us when we become ones who forgive. And I believe Christ is so adamant with his disciples about forgiveness precisely because Christ knows how hard it is to forgive. How easy it is to fall back into the world of this for that. And in fact, forgiving someone who has hurt you is the most difficult thing you'll ever have to do in this life. Right? There's that darkness in all of us that wants our enemies to suffer. We want to get revenge. We want to be angry and hurt those who hurt us or hurt the ones we love. Forgiveness is no light matter. In fact, Christ went to the cross and suffered for the sake of forgiveness. But forgiveness is the crucial matter in which the whole world is hinged. Because if there is forgiveness, then there can be salvation. There can be something new in you. And if there is no forgiveness, then there is no salvation and no one is saved. And forgiveness is terribly difficult. It's terribly difficult. But how do we learn to do it? How do we learn to forgive? Well, we learn that to be able to forgive is a matter of trusting in God first and foremost. Forgiveness requires us to say, Lord, I trust that you can bring good from this brokenness. That's a hard thing to do. It's hard to do for people like us who want complete control over our lives. We want to be able to know the results and to know we are in control of our life. Interpersonal forgiveness, however, hands it over to God. It says, God, I don't know if this relationship is fixable, but I give it to you. And we, hope, we hand it over to God because God is the one who is in the business of making all things new. We can't do that. Only God can do that. And so to forgive is to rely on God. And that's exactly what we celebrate every Sunday morning when we celebrate Christ's resurrection. We celebrate the fact that God is making all things new. He heals brokenness. He brings life from death. God has brought life from you. God has forgiven all your sins and made you a new creature. Your relationship with God is in fact not broken. And as you stand before God, you stand as one redeemed from the sinfulness that once defined you. And so Christ invites you now to forgive others in your life. Forgive out of the freedom you have as God's child knowing that he is merciful, and he is merciful to you. 
Forgive out of the joy of being like your Father who forgives. Because when you forgive, you'll be sharing in the Father's very goodness for this world. Amen.